This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. What is a deep fake? How are they made? And what are they used for? We'll answer all of these questions and more on this edition of Getting Schooled. I'm Abby Hornacek. These videos of Tom Cruise started popping up all over the internet. You may have seen them. They were on TikTok, YouTube, Twitter. And in one of those videos, Cruz tells viewers about a conversation he had with former president of the Soviet Union, Mikhail Gorbachev. In another, he shows off his golf swing. Some pretty cool stuff there. But here's the thing. Neither of those videos are actually real. They are fake. And if you look at these videos, there's basically no way of knowing that they're phony. They look exactly like Tom Cruise. These videos are called deep fakes, made using artificial intelligence called deep learning to make images of fake events. And in the coming years, experts estimate we'll see more and more deep fakes on the web. In fact, in 2019, the AI firm DeepTrace found that deep fake videos had nearly doubled over a nine month period. A little bit terrifying. So to learn more about how deep fakes are made, what they're used for and how we can detect them, I'm bringing on Hao Lee. Hao is the CEO and co-founder of the AI driven virtual avatar company Pinscreen, a distinguished fellow of the computer vision group at the University of California, Berkeley, and a former associate professor in computer science at the University of Southern California, where he served as the director of the vision and graphics lab at the USC Institute for Creative Technologies. He's got a lot of accolades to his name, so let's welcome on Hal. Hal, thanks so much for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. It's so great to have you on. I just want to start. What's your story? How did you get into all of this? Uh, right, so I have been working on uh, in the field of computer graphics for uh, almost my entire career. You know, during my PhD, I was working on technologies for digitizing humans. And one of the technologies that we developed back then was how to do real-time face tracking off of, you know, structural light scanners and, you know, also cameras, right? So so trying to make tracking of faces in real-time and also accessible to consumers. You know, some of that technology ended up becoming... Technologies like the um, uh, an emoji technology in the iPhone 10, right? So we developed back then a technology called FaceShift, uh, which then became a company and was acquired by Apple. And in 2014, I was involved in a, another major project, uh, which was reenacting Paul Walker for the movie Furious 7. Um, that was work that I uh, was involved in when I was spending a couple of months at Weta Digital in New Zealand. So that's the company behind Avatar and Lord of the Rings. So, right. So we were working on digitizing Paul Walker. Wow, that's incredible. I mean, you could not be a more perfect person to talk to about this stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, what the heck is a deep fake, Hal? Yeah, a deep fake is a um, 
technique uh, that allows you to manipulate a video, a person in the video. And more specifically, you can put anyone's face into another person's face. And uh, it's using uh, some recent advancements in artificial intelligence uh, to basically generate very convincing facial manipulations. Okay, so let's say that this podcast was on air, right? And the camera's on me, but we don't yeah. see you. Someone could deep fake your face onto my face. Uh, that's right. Um, so all um, this person would need is basically a bunch of footages uh, of my face. Let's say uh, a couple of thousand frames uh, would be enough to get something really good. And uh, they can basically download a software uh, from the internet. There are m uh, multiple variants of deepfake solutions. And what the uh, algorithm would do, it would take your footage and it can basically insert my face uh, into yours. And uh, one of the things that, uh, you know, my company has also demonstrated is that you can also do this in real time. In real time, how much more difficult is that than if you were to go back and manipulate a video? Yeah, so in real time means that you would still uh, pre-train the other person. So that usually takes a couple of hours uh, to a few days if you want to get it, uh, uh, do it really well. But once uh, the model is trained uh, for the target subject, the person you'd like to insert into your face, uh, you can basically, um, you know, go on air, you can have a live stream of yourself and your face is basically not yours anymore and it turns into someone else's. Okay, so I have so many questions in regards to that, but I guess first I should ask you where this all came from. How long have deep fakes been around and, and why did they first get created? Right, so first of all, um, you know, we've been working uh, on uh, facial tracking, facial performance capture, facial animation since, uh, you know, uh, probably more than a decade. And uh, there have been a lot of advancements over time, right? So first of all, you had in visual effects in Hollywood, you had a lot of um, different methods um, that, you know, does facial tracking and you can reenact, uh, you know, some actors. Uh, but those are techniques that are uh, require experts to use. Um, there's a lot of digital artists that are needed. Uh, over time, uh, there has been a lot of advancements uh, starting with methods that use video um, to basically, um, you know, create data-driven models. And more lately, since uh, probably around 2014, 2015, there, there has been, a, you know, some new advancements in the area of artificial intelligence, more specifically in deep learning. And uh, that's where, um, you know, some of the really convincing uh, face manipulation techniques uh, have started uh, to exist. So the first time deep fakes, um, you know, as we know them, um, emerged on the internet was around late uh, 2017. Uh, the first time I saw them was, you know, on a, uh, in the news where they showed up on some Reddit posts and people were using them for uh, non-consensual pornography. So basically putting celebrities into porn and that's sort of like how they got viral. Wow. Yeah. You used the word manipulation in that first mm -hmm. answer that you gave me. And I think anytime the word manipulation is attached to something, there's, there's kind of a sense of fear there because nobody wants to be manipulated. And that kind of speaks to the future of deep fakes and how they can be used. So that being said, how, how do you, how do you ensure that 
people don't use deep fakes perhaps on the president of the United States. Um, you know, we saw President Obama get deep faked, if, if I'm using that term correctly, um, you know, to say things that he didn't actually say. So how like in terms of legality, how do you stop this? Yeah. So first of all, um, <clears throat> the um, technology uh, itself was, uh, you know, started uh, not for, for manipulation purposes. This is this all came later. Right. So in the beginning, it was all developed for entertainment purpose, for storytelling, for, you know, um, technologies such as telecommunication. Uh, but then very quickly, you know, these kind of technologies um, are being misused and uh, some of the obvious, you know, potential threats that you mentioned is what if people start to use this technology for disinformation? Mm-hmm. Now, uh, when deepfakes came out uh, very quickly, people were really concerned about uh, the potential misuse of these kind of technologies for, you know, things such as during the elections or trying to, um, you know, um, change people's minds uh, when they read the news, especially nowadays, you can basically have you know, create and spread any content on social media. And a lot of the content isn't verified. So first of all, um, I think, um, h- how do we protect against these kind of potential threats is first of all, people just need to know that videos, just like, you know, images are being photoshopped videos. You can do the same thing with videos. You can't fully trust anything that you see. Um, but uh, on the other hand, uh, there are ways to uh, protect yourself, which is, first of all, if the content comes from trusted sources, it's always better, right? So mm. if you have, you know, some uh, third-party authorities where that does proper fact-checking, um, such as mainstream media, is usually, you know, there are some levels of um, verification before something random would come out. It's not some random, you know, videos that I would just see on the internet or, I would, uh, you know, someone would share with me on social media. Um, the second thing is also that uh, many of these social media platforms, that, and that's, by the way, the um, areas where um, we're mostly vulnerable to uh, these kind of, um, you know, fake news attacks, mm-hmm. um, is uh, they already are implementing a lot of mechanisms for fact-checking. Um, you can often see now that they are, you know, indications of if certain information isn't trustworthy. We've we've seen that actually a lot with, you know, news around COVID, um, where, you know, these kind of companies are basically providing additional information saying that, you know, this source wasn't verified, or there is some other sources that are contradicting uh, what you're watching or reading. So then how, you know, anyone with even people who don't have law degrees understand that you can't just use somebody's likeness and image without their right. permission. So can deep fake artists who are manipulating these videos get uh, in legal trouble? Yes, uh, there is some. Um, so, OK, so first of all, um, there are some laws that actually protect against, um, you know, the use on public figures. Um, so there is. Obviously, you know, free speech. Um, but at the same time, um, there are laws that are being implemented specifically for technology such as deepfake or any kind of AI media synthesis um, that are focused on if people are using this technology for something, let's say, illegal, right? Mm-hmm. And illegal 
could include, you know, things that are used in pornography, uh, things that are used specifically, um, you know, to manipulate, uh, you know, elections. And uh, so there, there's some laws that have been implemented in uh, California and a couple of other states as well. Um, but um, the difficulty here is where is the boundary between free speech and, you know, something that's used to harm people, right? So um, I think that's something that uh, people are trying to find out right now. Yeah. I mean, what about news? What if what if somebody's reporting on the news and, and um, you know, someone does a deep fake on their face saying something that's factually incorrect? Can that can, can you know, can they be arrested or punished for that? Yeah, I think um, I'm, I'm sure it would, um, because uh, there has been incidences even without deep fakes where journalists are, you know, reporting things, uh, you know, not even things that aren't truthful, but even things that are manipulated. Right. So there is, for example, there was an, inc- you know, there was an incident back then, can't remember which year, but in the LA Times, there was a, a famous uh, cover page where you have, um, I think, a soldier in Iraq that is, you know, pointing a gun at a child, but then it has been manipulated because the actual photo didn't really have that. Mm. And, um so you know the the I think the journalist was uh, fired uh, for for doing that. So right. I think there are consequences when you are really manipulating uh, facts um, in in a in a in a in a bad way. Yeah, you know I, I don't mean to just focus on the bad things because obviously, like you mentioned, deep fakes can be used for entertainment. So what's mm-hmm. the purpose of a deep fake in entertainment? I, I've seen the one with Amy Adams. There's uh, Nicholas Cage's <laughs> face on her face. <clears throat> Why do they use right. them in, in that in uh, in that way? Right. So um, first of all, um, when you think about deep fakes uh, in the beginning, there. I mean. And you also already mentioned, right, when, when it's about manipulation, uh, you know, the first thing that people would think about is something that's bad. Right. And but uh, for entertainment purposes, uh, there's, you know, a lot of like viral videos that, you know, South Park created this, that the South Park creator uh, created this um, TV show called Sassy Justice. So it's used for entertainment. Um, you know, at our company, Pinscreen, we have uh, created um, a uh, music video with uh, the you know, uh, with the uh, rock band Travis uh, using deep fake technologies to make uh, the singer younger and also make him morph into his other band members. Mm. So you can use these kind of technologies for visual effects. Um, there's many areas in entertainment, for example, where you can basically reenact, you know, uh, actors that have passed away. Um, you can, you know, there's a great, um, you know, deep fake uh, uh, technology that is used uh, for an exhibition uh, where they're bringing, you know, the painter Dali to life, right? Um, and uh, I think, you know, really for entertainment, for um, a lot of the things that are visual, um, it's a very, very powerful tool. I think the main application, though, and that's what we're building at Pinscreen, is how do we, um, I mean, our purpose is basically how do we um create virtual humans that are extremely realistic and can be generated by anyone. So like a and hologram. Of, exactly. Okay, and so a hologram the, is a form of a deep fake. Um it's not necessary not necessarily. So the okay. traditional approach is to use um what people use in visual effects and computer graphics for a long time, 
But then the problem is it's very difficult to create something that looks very convincing mm-hmm. and something that wouldn't involve hundreds of thousands of dollars just to create one single person. And one of the core algorithms behind DeepFace, which are deep generative models, they allow us to basically generate very convincing, very realistic humans um, in a very short period of time. And most of the algorithm is automated. So that basically allows us to not only cut costs, but also uh, create applications and products that are accessible to anyone. Yeah, you know, you talk about cutting costs. I can imagine that movie studios, uh, they probably save a lot of money in, in able, when they can use a deep fake. For example, if Robert De Niro is playing a role and you want to represent his younger self, instead of casting a whole nother role of a young Robert De Niro, you can then use a deep fake to make him look younger. Am I getting that right? You're, again, you're absolutely right. And there has been some examples where you can see that, you know, a single person who just downloaded the software generated more convincing looking Robert De Niro in The Irishman when he was younger than right. uh, ones where they spend millions of dollars uh, in the movie. Gosh, that's so crazy. I mean, how you're an artist. So how do you then how do you design these deep fakes? What's the technology behind it? Right. So uh, first of all, I think I would probably (laughs) categorize myself more as a uh, scientist than an artist. Okay. Um, So um, I have a background in computer science. I uh, got a PhD in uh, in this area. And, you know, I was also uh, used to be a professor at USC. Oh, fight Uh, on. Yeah. So exactly. I went to USC, how? So we're we're one in the same. (laughs) Awesome. Trojan for life. Right. (laughs) And then, so we have been developing, um, you know, we've been advancing these kind of research for over a decade now, right? And um, we started off with how do we make facial tracking accessible to everyone? How can we um, create more realistic humans uh, without the need for digital artists to, how can we automate the process, right? And um, yeah, so, the technique behind this is a combination of computer graphics, computer vision, and machine learning. So then, okay, can you expand upon that a little bit more? Because just just in layman's terms, because you, you say it's a combination between these things, but for someone like me, you know, I, I'm just curious how exactly it works. Right. Okay, so first of all, uh, the way deepfakes work is the following. Mm-hmm. Um, first, um, you need to, let's say you want to um, create a video where your face turns into mine. And uh, to do that, uh, you would basically um, get a bunch of videos of me. So either I can record them for you, or you can go uh, watch some YouTube videos where I'm giving talks. You can just download these videos. And as long as you have a couple of minutes of them, um, that's uh, pretty much sufficient to build a model of my face. And the model is not necessarily a 3D model, it's actually a uh, deep model that basically um, encodes all the facial expressions I could do, how my face would look like under different lighting conditions uh, and how my face would look like from all different angles. So the videos that you collect, the more of um, how my face would look like in the real world you have, the better. Okay. Then all, all you need is once you've built that model, 
you basically take your video and um, the algorithm, what it would do is it will try to swap the identity of your face with mine. So it will put my face under your lighting condition, your facial expressions, and generate a new one. Sometimes I'm just like, whoa, technology is actually so insane. All right, we've got to step aside for a quick recess, but we'll be back right after this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know, I'm I'm also curious. There was a there. Was, I, I don't have a Snapchat anymore, but back in the day, there was this filter that swapped your face. And there's like this terrifying photo of me and my brother with his face on my face and my face on right. his face. Is right. that the same sort of technology that is used in the deep fake? Uh, part of it. So okay. um, actually, back in 2015, Snapchat launched uh, uh, Snapchat lenses. Um, and you know, the, one of the first thing that they integrated into the system was real time face tracking. Um, actually, actually, I you know uh, my PhD was on, uh, real time face tracking. Okay. Uh, that was way before, uh, Snapchat, uh, has launched this product. And what, uh, you were able to do is basically create a 3d face model with a texture, uh, and a video footage of, you know, the other person you're swapping with. So there. It's a little different, um, but um, you do have, you know, the same facial tracking component. What you can do with deep fakes right now is a little bit more sophisticated, and it's closer to some of the new Snapchat filters that you have with, for example, they have this gender swap uh, filter. So these are based on some form of neural rendering that are optimized on the phone that allows you to get really, really convincing, you know, facial manipulation. So it doesn't have to be you know, putting your voice into someone else, making someone do different facial expressions. You can change your age, you can change your gender, you can, there are all kinds of capabilities that we will see coming up uh, in the, you know, next uh, couple of months and years. Okay, so knowing that, does mm-hmm. any part of this and the uh, the future of deepfakes scare you at all? I mean, if I'm a deepfake artist, I could... I could make you into a Bruin fan, how? And that's right. that's a terrifying <laughs> thought as a Trojan. Right. I th- <laughs> so definitely, right? Because um, we're used to believing that videos are real. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're used to, you know, now, especially nowadays after the pandemic, we're all interconnected through video conferencing tools, right? Right. Uh, people are just using Zooms and talking to each other. And that's what we use at the moment to in some ways have an authentic communication but if you know anyone has the ability to change anything then there's nothing you can really believe anymore maybe we'll go back to you know having physical meetings to really have a trustworthy conversation yeah so i think that's so and one of the things you know that i think i would be the most terrified if i you know if and i know it's already possible it's that if I have a meeting, let's say, with some, I don't know, investors or someone who wants to work with us, and it turns out to be a video of not that person, of a scammer. Right. And, you know, we're already used to, like, 
uh, scam phone calls, right? People pretending to be the police, the FBI, whoever, and uh, who are trying to gain access to your credit card or any of your information. But I think the next level thing is that you have a live video chat with someone and that person isn't the person. And there was actually recently some, some warnings issued by the FBI that are, you know, warning people that um, there is some activities that are coming where people are using, you know, both deepfakes and AI synthesized humans and, you know, to basically create more authentic fake, you know, accounts uh, that are targeting businesses, right? So there's really some things that we have to take seriously here. Absolutely. Are there, I mean, that's a potential for something that could go very wrong. Uh, Like Mm -hmm. you mentioned, is there anything that can be, uh, it can be used for good in, in a case like that? You know, I'm just trying to I'm trying to brainstorm here. Obviously, we got the entertainment aspect of it. But how can this help us in the future in regards to other areas? Right. So first, I mean, um, you know, for entertainment, uh, it's obvious uh, it's quite niche, though. I think the big areas, you know, defects themselves is just about face swapping or manipulating someone's face. Other than entertainment, there aren't many big applications out there other than, you know, for example, language translation and these kind of things. I think the big area, uh, the killer area is actually in immersive telecommunication. So mm-hmm. the idea that we no longer talk to each other in 2D, but in 3D, right? So either in the form of holograms or in the form of, you know, avatars that, you know, we're reenacting as and we're talking through, you know, VR headsets or AR headsets. I think those are sort of like the applications where I could, you know, I couldn't see without, I couldn't see uh, exist without uh, these kind of degenerative models. But yeah, I think, you know, applications such as language translation or visual effects, those are the natural positive applications of uh, these kind of deep fake technologies. Mm-hmm. You know, what's interesting, uh, just as, as you were answering that question, I was thinking also, we did a podcast on NFTs, and mm-hmm. it's a little bit mind-blowing how much money people are spending on these non-fungible tokens. And when right. I think about the future of deep fakes, do you think that there's ever going to be a marketplace like there is for an NFT or for, or for Bitcoin or anything like that? Do you think there's going to be a marketplace for... Um, deep fakes that people create that you can then buy. Yeah, I can definitely see that. First of all, I think NFTs aren't that surprising because when you think about in video games, you know, games like Fortnite or Call of Duty, uh, I mean, people are spending an insane amount of money for just, you know, buying some a texture or some 3D models of some guns or you know, some skins of some avatars. Mm. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a huge market there for items that are non-tangible, but like fully virtual. But for deepfakes themselves, I can see that as well, because, I mean, we can see that um, there's an exponential growth of deepfakes happening on the internet, uh, especially, you know, unfortunately, it's, you know, mostly in uh, pornography. But this basically shows that, you know, even though there are areas where people are using this for, you know, things like film production or game production, people are already starting to use this, I think not only for misinformation, but for another form of entertainment Mm -hmm. where there is an obvious demand, right? Right. 
you mentioned the term deep learning. Why, why is it called a deep fake? Where does that name come from? Right. I think deep fake is sort of like a portmanteau uh, for uh, deep learning and then something fake that you're manipulating. Mm-hmm. Uh, the name deep fake actually came from, I think, the user on Reddit who first posted, you know, these uh, use of pornographic uh, video manipulations. And um, it's called deep because it's using um, a specific form of deep learning technique called variational autoencoders. And um, right, you know, it's a deep learning based technique and that is there to generate fabricated videos. Okay, got it. That makes a lot of sense. You know, what is the difference between Photoshop and, and a deep fake technology? Oh, yeah. So Photoshop is like for images, for static images. So you have a digital photo and then you can basically just manipulate things. Right. And deep fakes is a specific technique for video manipulation. And uh, the reason why um, it's so interesting is because videos are so much harder to manipulate. And, you know, before there were things like techniques like deepfakes became popular or more widely known, um, most of the video manipulations that are convincing, especially for facial manipulations, only exist in Hollywood. Mm. And those are big production movies where, you know, it's unlikely that someone would spend a few million dollars just to create a fake video of someone. But it would take months to do that. The, The main thing that has changed now is that anyone can create really quickly something very convincing that sometimes even surpasses the quality of what Hollywood uh, was capable of doing before. Right. As we wrap things up here, how what do you think is the most important thing that people need to know about deep fakes? Right. I think the most important thing is that people need to know that um, there are many. I mean, deep fakes is one specific variant of it, and there are many, many different variants. Uh, there are ones where you put someone's face onto yours. Mm-hmm. There are ones where you can manipulate the expressions of someone else's face. And it doesn't have to be a fake. It can also be an AI, a general method for AI synthesis. So it means that videos that we see nowadays can be manipulated. This area is advancing very, very quickly. So not only are deepfakes getting better, higher resolution, they're, they're real time. They can be deployed on phones. They, uh, you will be able to do all kinds of things in the near future. You'll be able to change the hairstyle. You'll be able to change the look of someone. You can anonymize your look and be someone else. So there are all kinds of things you can actually, you'll be able to see um, all kinds of applications as well that will be based on these kind of um, technologies. And uh, I think people need to know uh, that this is possible because it's a similar phenomenon as 20 years ago with Photoshop, where people, you know, for the first time you have like a, you know, a mainstream tool allowing people to manipulate anything that's, you know, any digital image. Uh But at the same time, I think um, I'm quite optimistic. I don't think it's the end of the world because I think people will adapt to that and will be in some ways inoculated um, by uh, the fact that you can do digital manipulations. But one thing that's still important is that people watch out to not be, you know, don't trust anything that you would see uh, and have an eye on, you know, this is something that obviously was manipulated or, um, you know, I should only trust this because it comes from a trustworthy source or, you know, so not every, especially, you know, everything is digital nowadays. 
everything is consumed through social media. Mm. So things without fact checking, I think it's always it's it's important to think twice uh, yeah. if uh, something is real or not. I mean, even without deep fakes, I hope that people are fact checking and doing and doing their extra research into things. Um, well, thank you so much, Hao. Um, you know, I, I really appreciate your time, your knowledge. Uh, it was a pleasure having you on. One, because you are so intelligent when it comes to this topic. And two, because you're a Trojan. So it worked <laughs> out all the way around. <laughs> thank you, thank so, you much. so much. Thank you so much for having me. All right. If you missed anything from class, these are my office hours. And here are some top takeaways from my conversation with Hao Lee on deep fakes. Number one, House says facial tracking and facial animation effects have been studied for over a decade now, and the continued study of these technologies will make the software better and therefore will make deep fakes harder to detect. Number two, House says that to make a deep fake, you need a lot of footage of a person's face. This is why deep fakes are typically seen with actors, politicians and other public figures who have a lot of available video of them. House says a couple thousand frames of video normally works for a good deep fake. And number three, House says it's important for listeners to know that there are many different variations of video manipulation on the web. Deep fakes are actually just one variant of this technology. He says if people know that these technologies are possible, they won't believe everything they see. How also believes people will adapt to seeing deep fakes regularly on the web. Thank you so much for joining me during this lesson on deep fakes. For more podcasts, you can go to foxnewspodcast.com. And don't forget to subscribe to this one on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen and leave us a review. This has been Getting Schooled with Abby Hornacek on the Fox News Podcast Network. Class dismissed. Jason in the House, the Jason Chaffetz Podcast. Dive deeper than the headlines and the party lines as I take on American life, politics, and entertainment. Subscribe now on foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you download podcasts.